Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Keeping ahead of inflation, but how much risk could you be taking? Saving for children, which junior ISA should you be taking out? And borrowing a million, where should you be taking out a mortgage? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Tanya Poli. Hello. And Elaine Moore. Hello. And our special studio guest, Darius McDermott, Managing Director of Chelsea Financial Services. Hello. Let's start then with the money news. Last week, the Retail Prices Index showed that inflation had hit 5.6%, making it impossible for savers to protect the value of their cash in any conventional deposit account. This boosted demand for index-linked savings accounts and bonds, such as those offered by the post office and certain building societies. But closer inspection reveals that not all of these inflation-beating products works in the same way, or provides the same level of return. Some are actually structured products or structured deposits reliant on counterparty banks such as Credit Suisse to produce their inflation proofing. And this week Credit Suisse was fined nearly £6 million by the Financial Services Authority for failing to give proper advice when selling structured products. Now Elaine, the Credit Suisse fine was not connected with inflation-linked products, but it does suggest that some of these um, accounts, bonds, whatever they're called, might be riskier than others. It certainly does, and I would say that actually none of the accounts, the index-linked accounts, work in the same way as one another, which makes it incredibly difficult if you're trying to compare. So as we know right now, we've got very low interest rates and we've got high inflation, so that makes it very difficult for savers to actually earn a real return on their money. And what quite a few analysts have been saying is that savers maybe need to accept a little bit more risk in their portfolios or perhaps look at some of these index linked accounts. And what these tend to do is they track RPI, which is the retail prices index, which follows the increase in the cost of certain goods. And this one includes mortgage interest repayments. And it will move up as that moves up. What actually makes the difference is that some of them will go up with RPI plus a certain amount of money. Some of them will go just up with RPI. Some of them are linked to the FTSE 100 and will either go up with RPI or with the FTSE 100 index. And that might not be what you're 
seeking to achieve. I mean, let's take some examples. They all you know, include the word index-linked or RPI in their title, but they work in different ways, as you point out. Um, let's take, say, the post office. That, that's been quite a popular one, hasn't it? That is. Now that NSNI has removed its very popular savings certificates, the post office is the name that's been bandied around quite a lot. So what they offer is these three- or five-year savings bonds, and every year they calculate what's happened to RPI, how, how much it's gone up by, and they will pay out that difference plus if you're investing in the five-year bond, 1%. So say you'd invested a year ago and RPI has gone up by 5.6%, as we know recently the figures came out, you would be getting 6.6% on your money. couple of caveats, it's not compounded. So you put your money in, at the end of every year they will calculate the interest but that will not be added on to the next year's returns. So it's a little bit complicated. At the end of your five-year term, you'll get this money out. You can't take it out in the meantime, so you've got to lock it away for that whole period. So this is something that depends on you thinking that inflation is going to keep rising. Okay, but I can still understand that. It's going to be whatever the increase in RPI was, plus one percentage point added as interest to my cash. Great, like that. Let's take one of the others, though, that's not quite so straightforward. Would you like a complicated example? Uh, oh, test me, yes. I've got In Capital Enhanced Growth Plan, and okay. this has a counterparty of Barclays Bank. This is an investment product, so this is not the same as the post office, which is much more uh, aimed towards retail, you know, your, your man off the street choosing some savings product. This is an investment structure product, and this is one of the ones that it will link to either the FTSE 100 or RPI, depending on which one grows the most. So six years... Over those six years, from the beginning date to the end date, it will look at how far the FTSE 100 has grown. If it's gone up, you will get twice that amount, right. up to a maximum of 70%. If it has come down, you will get the difference in RPI. If uh, the FTSE has come down by more than 50%, however, you will start to lose some of the capital that you invested for every point it's come down. So you don't even get any inflation proofing. You start to lose capital. This is a capital at-risk product, yes. Okay, and just finally, because that, that, that one requires me to remember algebra, I think, which I can't. <laughs> Give us an example of um, uh, of one that is also a structured deposit with a counterparty but's not FTSE-linked. Well, there's sort of some debate about what you consider to be a structured product. I was talking to an analyst this week who said nobody's written the book on structured products, so how do you define them? But if we choose something that's sort of in the middle, we've got either Yorkshire Building Society or Santander. These have got these index-linked bonds that are linked to the movements in RPI. Let's go with Yorkshire Building Society because you mentioned Credit Suisse at the opening there. This product is actually backed by Credit Suisse, although we should point out this is not the product that they were fined for. Quite right, quite right. This is totally separate. So it's sold by Yorkshire. You don't actually become a member of Yorkshire Building Society when you buy this product. You are covered by the Financial Services Compensation Scheme, which means up to £85,000 of your money is covered. What this one does, same sort of thing as the last one, but over six years, between 2011 and 2017, it'll look at the increase in RPI and it will just pay that out straight. So it's relatively straightforward. But it's not a straightforward conventional savings account. Elaine, thank you for taking us through the ins and outs of all of these products and for a comparison of how these different products work and the returns they would actually generate if inflation were to rise or to fall or to stay the same. Um, Have a look at Elaine's news story, which will appear in the money section of this weekend's FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, why the high street is the place to look for high-value mortgages. First, though, junior ISAs. 
On Tuesday of next week, Junior Individual Savings Accounts, or JICES, as the financial services industry insists on calling them, will become available for the first time. They will give parents and grandparents a tax-free way to save for their children's future and will replace Child Trust Funds, or CTFs, which were scrapped on the 1st of January this year. But unlike CTFs, JICES will not come with any free cash from the government. JICES will instead work almost identically to grown-up ICES, with both cash and stocks and shares versions being available. There will be some slight differences, though. The annual maximum investment will be lower at £3,600 a year, as opposed to the 10680 available to adults. And not all children will qualify for a JISA. Any child who qualified for a CTF between 2002 and 2010 will have to stick with what they've got, although their investment limits will be raised to £3,600 as well. So... Elaine, you've got to do your homework on these, <laughs> even if you're a, a, a parent. Uh, should people rush to open a JISA for a child next week? Well, hopes are quite high for the junior ICES, uh, certainly compared to the child trust funds, despite the fact that you don't actually get any free money from the government. Um, I have Darius McDermott has come in to talk to us today about these. And Darius, your children actually were eligible for the child trust funds, weren't they? Yes, they were. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and they qualified for the child trust fund, which despite start of £250 voucher from the government, have actually proven to be sort of pretty average products um, where charges are sort of higher than conventional investing into funds. Um, The limit of £1,200, which is about to change, was so low that very few providers actually wanted to offer them because fund providers are interested in selling sort of products in bulk and that the amounts were so low that so few providers actually could offer them. There was really quite a limited choice of investment um, CTFs. Absolutely. And so the junior ISA limit is that much higher, which means already we've seen an expansion in the providers available. So if you are a parent and you're considering investing in a junior ISA, where should you start looking? Um, Given your previous discussion about inflation being so high, and unfortunately, you know, cash is often a very good asset class, but in the current environment with inflation so high and cash returns so low, given the, the, the length of time people have, you know, for certainly for, for new children, uh, 18 years for, to maturity, I think you can actually afford to take that, that, that bit extra risk and actually invest in a stocks and shares junior ISA. Um, the simplest way of doing this, of course, is by unit trusts or mutual funds, as opposed to sort of picking your own stocks and shares. And there are different ways of doing it. A lot of people make their first investment in the UK, sort of home currency, um, you know, buying larger companies like Vodafone, Marks & Spencers, Glaxo. Um, I personally would prefer buying either a global fund or potentially um, even a higher risk fund, something in, in the Asia or emerging markets. Now, whilst they are much more volatile, given the length of time that you have for investing, it is... I think, sensible to take on board that extra level of risk. Most of the growth in the world is coming from Asia and the emerging markets, and um, that's where I, I, I would be investing. But one interesting point about junior ISIS is that for some children, they won't have this period of time to invest because actually older children are able to invest into these. It, indeed, they are. Uh, the You have to be born before 2002 and still under sort of 18 to qualify for them, so there is a, a small portion of the population that do qualify for them. I think in that instance, maybe um, lower risk 
because you don't really want to put your capital at risk for, for shorter periods of time. We know that Nationwide has come out and said that its cash ice will be 3%, but none of the other larger banks or building societies have yet to stake their claim on junior ices. But do you expect some of them to start providing rates? I, I'm surprised that the, the high street banks ha- have not already really started marketing on these. Um, I'm sure they will in due course. Um, a lot of people still get their basic savings products from the banks and I'm sure they will offer them, but at what rate I can't possibly imagine. At the moment, some of the uh, advi- investment groups are saying that they expect the take-up to be about 20% of parents, but then that might increase because people are quite familiar with ISAs already. Are you expecting the rules to change about the CTF eligible children locked out of junior ISAs? I think it's almost inevitable. Um, it, it's completely unfair to children who happen to be born between 2002 and 2010 to have far less choice. Um, as I said, the market's already expanded with the higher limit in junior ISAs and it's almost inevitable that this will happen like PEPs merged into ISAs to simplify things in due course. And just finally, any fund names that you'd suggest? On a global fund, I like Rathbone Global Opportunities. It invests in sort of me- medium-sized companies globally, excluding the emerging markets. We like Aberdeen Emerging Markets. They're sort of one of the premier providers of emerging market funds. And good old Invesco high income for people looking for sort of large cap dividend, simple dividend paying companies. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Thanks indeed uh, for that, uh, Darius and uh, Elaine. Now, if you are interested in junior ISAs and you want to know which to choose, we will be providing you with everything you need to know. On Tuesday, the 1st of November, the day that Junior ISAs launched, we will be running a live online Q&A session on FT.com from 12 noon onwards. To have your question answered, simply visit FT.com forward slash ISA Q ampersand A, I think I've got that right, um, and ask whatever you like. Uh, I'll give that uh, URL at the end of the show as well. Then, on Saturday, November the 5th, uh, with the FT Weekend Money section, you will find an eight-page guide to all of your junior ISA choices and the best plans on the market. As I said, I'll give you those details again at the end of the show. And finally today, large mortgage loans. High street banks are now competing aggressively in the large loan market, with many offering more attractive deals than the private banks, which had dominated top-end lending for the past two years. Mortgage brokers say that they are now placing a growing number of million-pound-plus loans with banks and building societies, as some of the European-based private banks become less competitive on pricing because of their exposure to the Eurozone's sovereign debt crisis. This week, for example, Accord Mortgages, which is the broker arm of the Yorkshire Building Society increased the maximum it will lend from £1.5 million to £3 million via selected brokers as it looks to increase its share of the market. So, Tanya, you've been looking at the uh, the top end of the, the mortgage market. Which high street lenders do you think are most competitive at the moment? Well, it's funny. I feel like I've been mentioning um, this brand particularly a lot over the last few months because they've been very um, competitive across the market in all different price ranges. But as you mentioned earlier, Accord Mortgages, which is part of Yorkshire Building Society, um, one of its other sister brands is Chelsea Building Society, which we've often mentioned a lot. Basically, Accord um, is offering very competitive rates um, and with it increasing its maximum loan size from one5 5 million to 3 million this week. Um, it's very attractive for um, people seeking those kind of million plus loans. Um, one of the other names is Ingdirect. Um, 
Earlier in, I think it was July, they basically increased their maximum loan size from 1 million to 2 million across all their standard product range. So the kind of low trackers they're offering, you can even get them at a higher loan size now. So they're offering sort of two-year fixes at 2.59% up to 60% loan to value, while Accord has a two-year tracker at 2.09%. Um, so they're really, really attractive deals. They're very attractive uh, rates. And I, mm. I'm a little bit surprised, given that uh, some of the high street lenders have been a little bit reluctant to, you know, to lend to anyone, let alone uh, people seeking million-pound-plus loans. Um, how strict are the criteria um, if, if you're a borrower seeking this amount of money? Well, that's the main drawback um, for basically opting for a high street loan, um, especially if you're kind of a million-plus borrower. They tend to require you to be kind of a squeaky-clean borrower. They want you to kind of meet all their affordability criteria you have to have an amazing credit score and also i mean the thing with million plus loans often they're quite wealthy borrowers they tend to have more complex financial arrangements and you know they often have bonuses um they might have finances and money coming from all different sources um high street banks and building societies don't tend to be great with that they tend to want it to be very standard you know this is your salary this is coming in it's very predictable um so that will be the one drawback you really will have to be say a maybe a very wealthy dentist on a salary or something <laughs> right. you know each year and you basically earned that income over the last five years to actually apply for you know an accord mortgage or ing direct Yes, and uh, presumably um, for those people who have more complicated finances, mm-hmm. um, bankers who receive bonuses, for example, as you mentioned, private banks still have a role to play. They do. I mean, they're not unattractive. Obviously, um, the big caveat we always say with private banks is it's very hard to kind of quote a particular rate because they often base it on the individual client. And often they will kind of want them to bring over, um, either bring over their banking arrangements to them or a significant amount of assets under management. A few of the European banks, as you mentioned earlier, have become a bit kind of more conservative, obviously due to the exposure to the debt crisis. So we've seen banks such as Handelsbanken, they've actually increased their mortgage um, rates by about 20 basis points over the last month. Um, the same thing with EFG Private Bank, um, they've increased them by about 50 basis points over the last month. And also they typically price off LIBOR, which as we've discussed before, this is why we're seeing a lot of tracker rates go up because LIBOR tends to be the rate at which banks lend to each other um, on a daily basis. So because there's less liquidity in the market as a result of this Eurozone debt crisis, um, LIBOR LIBOR has been going up. So for these European banks that basically base it on LIBOR, they're obviously their rates are going up more than those UK banks or high street banks that are basing it on Bank of England base rate, which is at 0.5%, while LIBOR is around 0.9 something percent at the moment. And just very quickly, um, we have seen um, some high street banks raise their mortgage rates generally, mm-hmm. you know, not just at the top end, but you know, yep. uh, for all sort of loan sizes. Um, is this something that you expect to see happening um, you know, for those seeking much larger loans? I think so, yeah. We've seen, um, we've actually seen Barclays Wealth do it um, th- from the start of this week. They increased um, tracker rates quite a bit. Um, so it is one of those areas that you have to watch. I mean, the big question now is obviously with this Eurozone deal um, agreed this morning, what, what impact will that have on tracker? Will, will we start to see LIBOR come back down again? Um, maybe we could start to see tracker rates reduce. It's one of those areas that we're going to have to keep an eye on for the next next week or so. It certainly is, and we'll be keeping an eye on it on the FT Money Show in the weeks to come. Um, for now, Tanya, thank you very much indeed. And for details of some of uh, those high street mortgage deals for million-pound-plus properties, make sure you read Tanya's article in the Money section of this weekend's FT that's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you'll find all of these stories, plus daily news updates, blog posts and top tips on our website, FT.
twitter.com forward slash money. You can also follow our tweets at twitter.com forward slash FT money. And remember, if you have a question about junior ISAs and which one to choose, you can have it answered in our live online Q&A next week. Just visit ft.com forward slash isaq ampersand a to post your question if selected it will be answered live from 12 noon on tuesday november the 1st but don't worry if you're not around then as the answers will remain on our website at ft.com forward slash isaq ampersand a for you to read and the best of them will be published in our eight page money guide to junior isas free with the weekend ft on saturday november the 5th next week we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from tanya elaine and our special guest jaris mcdermott of chelsea financial services goodbye Goodbye. for more downloads go to ft.com forward slash podcasts selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.